Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 183 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again today as we continue our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials in July the 4th to July the 10th, covering uh, 2 Kings chapters 2 to 7. Uh, today uh, we are still a couple of episodes behind and we're on gonna, we're going to do uh, one normal sized episode today. Hopefully over the weekend we'll catch up with some of the uh, stories and uh, exper- and accounts that we will um, want to get in during this week. We're still in 2 Kings 2 uh, and we'll start with uh, verse 19 where Elisha is in um, the city of Jericho uh, and the men of the city come to him and say that the, the water is naught and the ground is barren. So basically that the, the city is pleasant, but the water is bad. Uh, Elisha tells them to bring them a new cruise and put salt therein or a bowl or a dish. They bring it to him. He casts the salt into the water uh, and the Lord heals the waters, as Elijah said. Uh, sorry, Elisha said. Hopefully I'm not going to make that mistake a number of times over the next few days. Elisha uh, heals the waters, um, which is one miracle and as we go through let's just kind of try i'm not going to keep counting the number of miracles that we see but i do want us to consider the the spiritual lessons we learned from them here we have a a lesson of healing or cleansing uh, which i think is important that um you know we can have um, a good exterior things looking well but unless you know the waters or the or the insides of our lives are cleansed then it's not a place where people are able to live or to or to get benefit from in the same way uh, we need to be making sure that our lives on on the inside you know our spirits are clean as well as uh, the exterior that we put on that's just something that i kind of picked out from that particular uh, miracle i'm sure you've probably picked out other things from that experience so i'd love to hear them uh, on the facebook group Or you could email about it. Uh, and then in verse 23, we have a very peculiar um, um, account of something that happens. Uh, it, if you read the uh, the King James Version, it makes this sound very uh, difficult as well. Uh, in verse 23, we read, And he went up from thence unto Bethel, and as he was going up by the way, they came forth little children out of the city and mocked him, and said, Go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. And he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood and tear forty and two children of them. So, yeah, this doesn't sound great. <laughs> this is a difficult thing to read. But when you look at the word ch- children um, and the, the Hebrew root there that, it, that it's translated from, it doesn't refer to, to young children, actually. Um, the word in Hebrew is Nahar, which means young men. Uh, so, yes, of course, we're not talking about adults here, but we are talking about uh, potentially teenagers, um, boys who were old enough uh, to, to make the, basically, beyond the age of accountability. Whereas if you read, if you just read the King James Version without that context, you may um, have presumed they were little children, perhaps under the age of eight. Um, so, they were accountable for their choices. Uh, and we know that um, in the um, law of Moses, 
there was a line or a reference to mocking or um, demeaning the prophets of the Lord and how wild animals would, would eat them uh, if they did that. So this is actually fulfilling part of the law of Moses as well. Not that it makes it any easier uh, to reflect on, but it does give us a little bit more context on this uh, bizarre episode, uh, which we find at the end of Second Kings 2, uh, which you may or may not have heard of before. Uh, we move in uh, to Second Kings 3, and we have um, Jehoram of Israel and Jehoshaphat of Judah joining their forces against the city of, of uh, Moab. Um, and uh, we have here uh, a discussion with Elisha about an upcoming battle uh, which um, they are trying to overcome and this is pretty straightforward I'm not going to go into too much detail about this particular chapter but Elisha promises them water for their animals and victory in their war and as you read on um, they um, follow the direction of Elisha and they are successful uh, and we see we see this kind of example um, many times. But then we come to chapter 4 uh, and we read of a widow. Um, and they, um, we, we see here some very close parallels between Elijah uh, and the miracles of Elisha. So we have a, a widow who is in a tricky situation. And in this case, the, the widow was a, was a spouse. Uh, to a, one of the sons of the prophets, one of the individuals that helps the prophets in their work, in their ministry, and receives some revelation as well. Uh, and so this woman uh, comes to Elisha and asks for some help because um, the creditor is going to come and take away um, her two sons uh, to be bondmen uh, because they are in so much debt. So Elisha uh, tells her to go and get some empty vessels um, because the only thing she has in her house is a pot of oil. She gets vessels from her her neighbor her neighbors, um, and when she comes in, she shuts the door, uh, puts the oil into all the vessels, um, and then she finds that the oil is miraculously multiplied. Now, of course, this is uh, very similar uh, in the sense that uh, we saw a similar miracle with Elijah. But what's different about this is interesting. Uh, this wasn't because um, you know, they didn't have any food. They, they, there was a concern here that they would not have the money to pay off this debt. But when um, this miracle takes place, she comes back to Elisha uh, and he says, go and sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. So this is a miracle to help this woman be able to pay this debt off. Uh, and this idea of being able to pay this debt or remove ourselves or get ourselves out of debt has been spoken about often uh, by living living day uh, prophets and apostles. Uh, President Thomas S. Monson said, quote, industry, thrift, self-reliance continue as guiding principles of this effort. As a people, we should avoid unreasonable debt. In a message in which Elder Ezra Taft Benson delivered at a general conference, he instructed... Um, <clears throat> he instructed, What wise counsel for us today? Remember, the wisdom of God may appear as foolishness to men, but the greatest single lesson we can learn in mortality is that when God speaks and a man obeys, that man will always be right. Close quote. Um, so we see here, referring to this exact experience with Elisha and this widow, 
um, that the importance of getting ourselves out of debt is is an important principle, uh, and it's one which we learn from this uh, widow here uh, with Elisha. We then come to uh, the next miracle uh, in this uh, in this set of scriptures. Um, and before we get into the miracle, we're probably not going to get time to talk about what happens in the miracle, but we'll, we will discuss that tomorrow. But I like how it's uh, first begun. Uh, in verse 8, um, it says, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that after he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set hip for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be, when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in thither. So basically, this individual is feeding the prophet of the Lord as he passes by. She sees that he passes up by often, and she offers him food. And then she recognises that he is a man of God, and that his example shines forth. And so she says to her husband, well, let's make a little room so that he stays a bit longer with us. I love this uh, little um, little event, uh, and it just reminds us perhaps of how we need to. Obviously, we can't set aside a room potentially for President Nelson to come and stay with us. But what we can do is we can provide time and space in our lives uh, to have the prophets of the Lord uh, rest with us a bit longer. Do we read his words often? Do we invite him through the messages that he has sent? Do we view those into our lives? Um this could also refer to the spirit. Do we provide time for the spirit and space in our home and, and, and in our hearts for the spirit to reside and dwell with us longer? Uh, it could also refer to uh, other ministers in our lives, such as missionaries. Do we support and, and give space and sustenance to them uh, in their work? Uh, there's so many you know, ways we can apply this. Uh, but I love this idea of making space for some sort of representative of the Lord including the spirit uh, in our lives. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for joining us today. We'll continue with that experience and what miracle takes place as a result of this woman's desire to have the prophet of the Lord with her uh, for longer periods of time. Uh, Please do join us then tomorrow as we go into that. And until we meet again.